0: It just smarted that after clawing my way to the pinnacle, crime reporter at the Examiner, I was being sidelined into this story as a punishment. More than that, as a way to keep me out of mind, while Walters worked on getting rid of me for keeps. Walters was the news editor of the Examiner, and an up-and-comer in the Greenback Corporation, the company that owned the paper. We'd rubbed along fine until my accident in 43. An automobile wreck that shattered my legs and had me in and out of hospitals for a year. When I finally got back on the job, his opinion of me had soured, blaming me for what had happened. He took me to task over everything. My expense account, my word counts, the stories I filed. Along the way, I found out he had nixed three consecutive pay rises I was due. Never had the moxie to have it out with me like a man, though. Scheming behind your back was his way. Things had come to a head a month ago. One of the subs, Nelson Hunter, had spiked the story of mine. Wasn't his fault. He was just doing what Walters had told him to do. The boss man coming at me in his sly way like he always did. I'd stormed over to Hunter's desk, and matters got out of hand. A shouting match at first, getting rough when he shoved me. I swung for him in retaliation, busting his lip. He came back at me, and it was about to turn into a Donnybrook, but the boys watching got between us and pulled us apart. When they did, I was still so hot, I picked up Hunter's typewriter and tossed it through Walter's office window. The memory of the glass shattering was still clear in my mind, as if it happened an hour ago. Ditto the silence that followed. Then the panic that rushed through my chest when I realized what I'd done. Walters hadn't been in his office at the time. It was that and my friend Sal's intervention that saved me. Sal brazened it out and told a specially convened meeting of the board, including Walters, that he saw Hunter throw the first punch, and the window got broke in the scuffle. They knew he was covering for me, to some extent or another, but Sal was a heavyweight, had enough juice with the police commissioner's office, that they couldn't afford to get on the wrong side of him by calling him a liar. They sent Hunter and me home for a month, him suspended with pay, me without. When they let me back on the job last Tuesday, The travel orders and airline ticket had been waiting for me on my desk, along with a memorandum from Walters. I was off the city crime beat, didn't have guts enough to tell it to my face. Twenty-four hours later, I was on an Eastern Airlines flight to Candler Field in Atlanta, via a stopover in D.C. I'd driven right through the night to get from Atlanta to Arkansas. I wasn't in a rush. The first victim had been dead for 11 days, and with no suspects for any of the murders, the story had gone cold. It just felt better to be on the road than pass another night awake in a strange bed, thinking about how bad I'd left things in New York. Truth was, the incident at the examiner would never have got out of hand like that, save for the fact my marriage had just gone to hell. My wife, Jane, had turned me out of our apartment a month before the fight. It came as no big surprise. She'd been unhappy for a time by that point, ever since the car wreck. She said it changed me, that there was anger in me all the time afterward. She was right. But I wouldn't have it back then, and we quarreled round the clock. Even so, it damn near broke me the day she told me we were through. Four weeks later, on the first afternoon when they'd sent me home after the fight, I sat alone on an upturned crate in a two-room rental in a tenement on the Lower East Side. No furniture, bare walls, a threadbare brown carpet, and my belongings in five cardboard boxes piled in a corner. And that's when I finally got wise. Damn temper had already cost me my marriage and my home. Now it had cost me my career, too. I blinked and focused on the road.